welcome to a new episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. Aren't they all new episodes when we record them, though? Yeah, I guess so. Should we say another? Unless this is one of those reruns. What the... Here we go, Cork. Uh, this is the Mega Franklin. Mega Franklin. But you already knew that because you looked out across this balcony and you saw an even larger crowd. I didn't know that we could fit more people in this audience. We have to get those flying pods from episode one, the yep. little Senate seats that are flying around <laughs> with the cannabis inside waving. Yeah, some kind of E.T. if you if you freeze frame it. You might, <laughs> might see him. Hey, look, it's that one guy from Ally McBeal. <laughs> look at him smile. There you go. Cool. All right. So this episode is theoretically the last real episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. What is real? If the Twilight Zone has taught me anything, it's that you can't trust what you think is and isn't happening. That's right. And that's why at the end of this episode, we are what? finally going to get to the bottom of what is real. But I'm your host this time around. My name is Ben Hansen, and I'm joined by one Jeff Cork. Hello. Hello. All right. We are at the end of the road, man. Possibly. We got more stuff. We got, we'll we, never end. So what this is, is we, every season, mm-hmm. we would do a little awards show called The Franklins, where we'd run down the best and worst in a bunch of wacky categories that we yes. invented. Uh, the natural result, mm-hmm. which we came up with, I think in season one, was that, well, once we finish the entire series, at some point, we're going to have to do the Mega Franklins and cover everything. Yes. So we have brought back some old favorite categories. We've invented some new categories. But this is encompassing every episode of The Twilight Zone, which I don't know if you've noticed, but it's 156. We don't like to talk about that whenever given the opportunity. This is this is terrifying. Many episodes, yeah. This this was like coming up with this list and hoping that I didn't forget anything was terrifying. It was the worst homework anxiety I've felt since college. You were super crazy about it. It took hours and hours. How long did it take you? Um hours and hours and a minute. <laughs> There Interesting. No, but it was tough to try to come up with the categories and then bouncing it off you. Yeah. And I've also been sick the last couple of days. You're so freaking out, though. Sending you texts like, I'm going to forget something. We're not going to do this right. We're not going to do it justice. Because no. this is this if, is all the marbles, if man. If nothing else, I can guarantee you that Ben Hansen has taken this very seriously. <laughs> That's very true. And if you don't like my choices, there's no one to blame but me. And you're welcome to send the most <laughs> damning criticism you have my way. Yeah, exactly. Because we're shutting down the comments. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. First category is the lightest category for the Mega Franklins. Yes. All of the original run of the Twilight Zone. Best Hitler. The best Hitler. We're, we're following our tradition where we're alternating, right? Correct. All right, do you want to start or would you like me to start? I will let you start. How about Hitler from... He's alive. The he's alive Hitler. The one that was introduced by saying, hello, Mr. Volmer. Yes. I like that Hitler because he's interactive. That's true. I like that Hitler because he has money and he pays rent. <laughs> he has money. He's still a dick. It's Hitler after all, but yes. he's got a full wallet and he's handing out that cash. Yes. He's a good guy. All right. I have... The man in the bottle, Hitler. Ah, obviously, I'm the, Hitler. The genie episode where yes. he wakes up as Hitler. Mm-hmm. I have no time like the past, Hitler. Otherwise, uh, which is represented as... by Hitler <laughs> in archival footage. The real Hitler, and they put the little crosshairs over the archival footage. Yes, 
so this is when he was going to assassinate Hitler. Yeah. And he blew it completely because the gun misfired or wasn't loaded. It, it was some kind of paranormal anomaly. God, that episode was so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so is that one uh, any more for you, Cork? That's all I have. You know what I have? What do you have? I have Mayor Dorn from Valley of the Shadow. Because <gasps> as he was explaining that this guy couldn't leave the valley and mm-hmm. share the technology, the protagonist of that episode said, well, thank you, Adolf Hitler. Oh, so he's like an honorary? Honorary Hitler. Hitler. I'm really torn on this category. Because on one hand, you have the real deal. And it's hard to argue that the real deal would not be the best, right? But at the same time, I I like the fact that they were able to interact with Hitler as a character. And he's alive. But, I mean... He was also an interactive character, a man in the bottle. They're talking about how Abel Bronze in the next room, all that stuff. That was more of a punchline. An extended punchline. An extended punchline. But but I think the He's Alive Hitler was the least visually captivating Hitler. He didn't look as Hitlery as you'd like, especially when he was standing directly in front of the poster of the real Hitler. He looked like a pumpkin if you put a Charlie Chaplin mustache on it. It's true. Do you think any other podcast has said the word Hitler so many times in the three-minute span? Probably some Stormfront thing, I would imagine. But that's neither here nor there. Another honorary entry into the category. Um, Yeah. Man of the Bottle Hitler. Are you a fan of that just because of the absurdity of it? Yes. he goes, I'm Hitler. No one can deny that. But I feel like there's a category coming up later where we can really give a tip to the cap. Tip of the cap. So, mm-hmm. I'm willing to shun real Hitler. Yes. Both emotionally, yeah. logically, and Twilight Highlight Zonery. Yeah. And give it to the, to give it to the uh, yeah, he's alive Hitler. And what a stunning reveal that was, too. Nobody saw it coming. <laughs> could have been anybody. Who could this, this figure cloaked in shadows be? <laughs> With a thick German accent. Yes. All right. Congratulations. He's alive, Hitler. There you go. <laughs> For being the best Hitler. Here's your little mustache covered in uh... crumbs. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want from me? I was going to say glitter, but crumbs works too. <laughs> I think glitter is actually a lot more fun. All right. What's the next category? Best twist. And this is tough. This is very tough. Because typically we've gone with more of a subjective approach with this. Mm-hmm. But this time around, I mean, it's the Mega Franklins. This is for all the money. This is, I, I used a computer to help, uh, by go, I used it to um, go to Wikipedia to refresh my memory. Uh-huh. So technically I'm not telling you a lie, but I don't know how I use a computer to like, I put a formula in and then it was said yes or no. It was like an Agnes situation. Okay. A card popped up. I like it. So, right. uh, so I have a lot here for best twist. Okay. Uh, I'll start. Are you going to say what the episode is and what the twist was? Yes, I will. Okay, thank you. There's the classic to serve man, which I think you have to put on this list. Yeah. The twist being that they were eating the humans, not mm-hmm. helping them. Mm-hmm. I like the twist in a kind of stopwatch where when he drops the stopwatch, yeah. then he's stuck frozen forever. That seemed too close to time enough at last for me. Okay. Just the idea of like, oh, now he's stuck by himself forever. But, well, you know, I'm not... Putting down your choice, it's okay. You're you're making a putting down face. <laughs> That's though. exactly the face. I have the heart attack in the grave. Ah, uh, I think that was a nice twist. The whole yep. idea of how you think he probably got grabbed by mm-hmm. a ghoulie, 
And then it turns out that he just stabbed his own coat and had a heart attack from it. That's a good one. But the wind was going the other direction. Twist on a twist. It's so windy. Cinnamon twist. Hmm. How about they're in a zoo in space (laughs) and people are alike all over. We can discuss the merits of these Okay, all right, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're making it so I just want to say I'm done. I know, you're right. This one I love a lot. Yes. Uh, The reason I'm iffy on it, because the twist is in the beginning, but it's a world of difference Mm -hmm. where it turns out that he's in the movie. Yes. And just that playing out pretty straight for the first two minutes, and then you hear somebody yell cut, which I think is a great twist, but an atypical twist. Right. I like that one, too. This one, I kind of had to stretch the definition of what I would imagine a twist is. Uh-huh. But I like, and when the sky was opened. Yeah. Just the fact that they went to space. Is it a twist that uh, they saw something they no. should not have seen? No. All right. Maybe we should do best definition of a twist. <laughs> and you do, you have, could, do you have another substitute? I uh, Yeah, I'll give you. How about Hocus Pocus and Frisbee? Oh, the, that he's loved at the end? No, 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 no. I would say the twist kind of being, and I guess that's kind of what the entire episode hinges on, is this big blowhard. Uh-huh. And uh, aliens are intercepting, like, what he's saying, and they think that he's the best person in the entire world. That is world. good. But is that a twist, or is that just a fun place to take the plot? I'll accept. Okay, that, that's twisty. That's twisty. Uh, there's the invaders, mm-hmm. the twist being that it's an alien planet and that she's mm-hmm. a giant that they were the humans the whole time yep yeah that's all i have because I, I was okay. trying to stay away from the typical hey his glasses broke yeah yeah i i do I have mean, they are well known for a reason but but on top of that i do have eye of the beholder mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta give it up for eye of the beholder uh and uh the silence ah the silence i like that one how much do you like that one <laughs> but I guess the question is, yeah, that gets back to that subjective thing. Like, I think that might have been the twist that hit me the hardest yeah. out of these that I really didn't see coming. Yeah. Um, and because it's a less popular episode than the rest of these, where it's like, if I'd never seen The Invaders, maybe that would have hit me. Or like, to serve man, I think I would have figured out what's mm-hmm. going on. But, uh, so what do we give it up for? Like, the best overall twist, regardless of our subjective viewing? Because at this point, we've seen them all. It's not like we're going to be surprised watching these again. We just have to really give it up for the overall best twist in mm. all of the Twilight Zone. I really like the silence. It's so... I mean, there's nothing supernatural in that episode, which makes it feel like such a strange Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's, I mean... What's your okay, reluctance here? Because it's sitting next to an episode that's Eye of the Beholder. Mm-hmm. And, like, can you really deny that when it comes to a twist? Yeah, that's true. I mean, let's just let's just start there. Like, is anything going to top Eye of the Beholder as far as the best twist in Twilight Zone? Oh, God. There's one that I didn't <laughs> even think of until now. What's that? It's um, After Hours, I think, has a fantastic twist. You're right. And then she was a man. Because you just, like, for the longest these... time, you have no idea what is going on and why everything is so weird. Yeah. And it's super creepy throughout the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And then when it is revealed, even these seemingly benevolent figures are still super creepy. Like those right. awful ski guys. Right, right. That's good. Is that the, would you argue that that's the best twist in all of Twilight Zone? Uh, 
for the way it's shot mm -hmm. and how much of the episode hinges on the twist itself, like that yeah. is the entire episode. I feel like I have to give it to Eye of the Beholder. Yeah. You sound so sad. Yeah, let's give it to Eye of the Beholder. All right, moving on. So it's not an eight-hour podcast. Yeah, there you go. Moving on. Eye of the Beholder for best twist and all the twilight zone. All right, now we get to the fun stuff. Uh, we got all that other nonsense out of it. <laughs> that's right. That's Yuck. serious garbage. All right, here we I go. I apparently don't know what a twist is, by the way. No, it's So I think right. it, I realized that at the end of this entire run. You're fine. Yeah, I would. Every episode would end, and I would wake my wife up and say, what a twist. <laughs> and this is just like, so you think you can dance. It was like static, that episode. <laughs> like, yeah, it was yeah. a radio. All right, so this next category is a fun one. It is scariest episode. Okay, let's just do this. All right, real quick. I got uh, Perchance to Dream, the one with Maya the Cat Girl. Very psychedelic. Big dud for me. Okay. It's a good life. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, sure. Uh, I have The After Hours. Mm-hmm. Nightmare 20,000 Feet. Scariest episode. Yep. All right. I have The Hitchhiker. Yep, I've got that. Okay, great. Long Distance Call. I have Long Distance Call, and I have, fill in the blank, Night Call. Night Call. You can't, you can't fight Night Call. Except for the end. We're our our edited version of Night Call. That's right. Living uh, Doll in a really silly way. It's pretty scary. Silly scary. All right. I'm going with if you said if somebody found out that we're doing this dorky mm -hmm. podcast, and God forbid they don't, but if they did and they asked yeah. you, Okay, so what is the scariest one? Like if I want to just mm -hmm. in the mood for a scary episode, which episode of Twilight Zone should I watch? Right. And twenty two. Oh, twenty two, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. What what stands that out? Makes that stand out for you? Um, just that freaky nurse. <laughs> that freaky that nurse. That freaky nurse and that weird expression that she has. That is a good one. That super scary grin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I haven't thought about twenty two much at all. But... I hadn't either until I was like going back and uh -huh. thinking about episodes. I was like, Oh yeah, that is a super scary episode. Yeah, you're totally right. But I think as much as I love the whispering and night call, I think that I'd have to go for the scariest is long distance call. Yeah. Something about having that family relation mm -hmm. and the connection with the grandma trying to kill her grandson effectively. Yeah. And how terrified the mother is of the whole situation. Mm -hmm. I think that scared me the most. I really like Hitchhiker too, though. I think that's a pretty scary episode. You're right. It's got that nice monologue with the lady as she's talking the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It has uh, it has the soldier that gets in the car with her and yep. rides for a little while. Yep. Oh, but at the same time, after hours, I'm a huge fan of that episode. I know. And that's a really unnerving one. It is. I know. Your ski mask. You hate him so I much. I hate him so much. Okay. What about this? What? Which episode, and I know your kid watched some of these, which mm -hmm. episode would you want your kid to see the least? Well, I don't think that that's necessarily the best gauge because in that instance, it would be Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Really? I think that would be too much for him. Honestly, it's, I think wow. like the peeling back the shade. The peekaboo aspect? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a weird angle. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, so much of that episode is built on the anticipation of seeing something really right. unnerving. And you finally mm -hmm. do get a really good look at it, and you're like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> but, I mean, just before knowing exactly yeah. what is on that wing, right. like, before you get a really good look at it, it's super creepy. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't think about it so much that way, but you're totally right. Um, okay. So you're leaning towards After Hours? I'm really then? leaning toward After Hours. But over, I, 22 over, is really good, too. I like both of those. Yeah, I feel like I should have watched 22 again. Mm -hmm. I remember being bizarre, kind of in a perchance to dream type of way. Yeah. Kind of in that same category. 
But man, those first couple phone calls and night call. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's so scary. Yeah. And I watched that one by myself at night. I still am leaning towards long distance call because it has the scary thing of her listening to the phone, but then mm-hmm. also on top of that, it intellectually is terrifying to me. Well, that's weird because you you mentioned that hypothetical situation about what episode would I like mm-hmm. my kids to see the least, right? And they did see that one, right? And it didn't didn't phase anybody. Have you seen them answer an old timey phone since then? That is true. Done and done. Yeah. So, are you still leaning towards after hours, though? I really am leaning toward after hours. Just when they're all calling her name. Mm-hmm. All right, I disagree. You, you disagree. I disagree, but I will. I will go with it. Yeah. All right, let's okay. go for after hours. Thank you. Yeah, you get I this like that one episode Cork. a lot. All right, you win. After hours, scariest episode. Now, this is your suggestion of a category mm-hmm. that is absolutely brilliant. This is what makes you the best co-host I could ever ask for. Because I suggested scariest episode, and you said, well, why don't we do least scary episode? <laughs> I'm a genius. So smart. Yeah. And this took a lot more brain power than I imagined, because like, oh, this is a completely benign episode. Then I'd be like, oh, wait, I guess. That's a little creepy. Yeah, there's something like, you know, like four o'clock or something, but it's like, wait, I guess it is kind of scary to think <laughs> about somebody being this depressed So imagine crazy. if you had the same condition the main character had in Perchance to Dream. Yes. Where you, it, anything could set you off, you could fall down dead right. of a heart attack. <laughs> right. What episode <laughs> would you watch that you'd be totally safe? Big Tall Wish. The Big Tall Wish. Yes. <laughs> that's a good one. That's yours, first one? That's, that's one of them, yep. Uh, I already mentioned it. Static. I also have Static. <laughs> I have Cavender is Coming. Cavender is Coming. Carol Burnett. Of course. From Agnes with Love. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I have Night of the Meek. Night of the Meek. How about The Bard? Oh, boy. <laughs> what is scary about the bard? There's a punch in it. That's a little aggressive. Um, how does how does he summon Shakespeare again? There's uh, a magic book or something, right? I, I don't remember. Maybe there's something. It was that scary. He didn't like draw like a pentagram in blood <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, I guess I forgot about that part. Um, okay, that's good. Is that is that your entire list? Yeah. Okay, what what's your number one? You think? Cavender is coming. It's probably my least scary one. What's scary about the Big Tall Wish? What is scary about the Big Tall Wish? Um, man, you you would have to be a tremendous wuss for this to scare you uh-huh the close-ups of people reacting to the boxing match <laughs> like if you don't like to see people's mm-hmm. body parts without faces mm-hmm. and i guess there's kind of like some anxiety in the part of the viewer mm-hmm. about whether or not he's going to pull it through that could be seen as a little bit scary but would you consider a football game scary no <laughs> so i guess now that you think about it yeah there's really nothing scary about the big tall wish but there's always the chance that he will die. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's scary about Night of the Meek? Art Carney. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the, just the idea just that drunk like, Santa? Yeah, you could be a drunk. Oh, that weird elf in the alley. You're just like, oh, yeah, hey, that's true. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah, old alley elf. Um, all right, but I'm up for you when it's the governor's coming. Yeah. Nothing but angels, no demonic presences at all. Mm hmm. All right, Cavender is coming. Yep. Least scary episode there you go. of the Twilight Zone. Oh, this is a this is a tough category. I like this up. next one. Take it away. 
best alien. And this isn't like best costume. This is just the best. It, the, the best. It could be the. What's best about it is up to you. Right. Ben Hansen. All right. I'm going to start out with the fear aliens just for lugging that giant inflatable <laughs> alien all the way across the universe. Well, you never know when that's going to come in handy. Maybe they <laughs> knew from traveling eons that we are objectively small. Well, if you think about it, even if you rolled that thing up, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to fit it into that tiny UFO. So maybe they actually yeah. bought it on Earth and God. then inflated it there. Do you think they captured a person and skinned it alive to realize that they have thumbprints? <laughs> and then we need to put thumbprints on things to make it seem as though they were Oh, it, okay, yeah. I, I could see that. So like they skinned off a layer of somebody's thumb then, so they had the thumbprint yeah. and then enlarged it. Somehow. Yeah. Are we back to the scariest episode? Yeah. Okay, no. Uh, okay. How about the Venusian in Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up? That's the guy with the eyeball in the middle of his forehead. Good. He's a good guy. Uh, I have the Hocus Pocus and Frisbee aliens, which when oh. punched in the face, their face cracked open. and it Turtle neck like face. is a weird lady yeah. body part looking face. <laughs> Just wow. a bizarre thing. <laughs> uh, I like the double header guy from Mr. Dingle the Strong. Otherwise known as the Martians, yep. Yep. Also, uh, the Venusians and Mr. Dingle the Strong, mm-hmm. which are the little kids. <laughs> yep, little kids with mustaches and eye stalks. Correct. How about the Canamits from To Serve Ooh. Man? Canamits are great, yeah. Uh, the Invaders. Oh, yeah. For the wind-up novelty of them. I was going to have them in there because I think technically it's correct because when we go to another planet, we are aliens. Correct. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm so stupid. I didn't even think about that, but totally. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was going yeah. for. Do you have any more? No. I have uh, old Ben from The Fugitive, mm. but let's just scratch that off right yeah. now. No one's rooting for old Ben. Nope. Uh, you know what I am rooting for? What's that? Are there anything else? Are the Venusians for Mr. Dingle the Strong, specifically the two little kids. Really? I just rewatched that scene, and they walk into that room sideways, <laughs> and they have a like manly voice dubbing them. Oh, like, God. Hello, Martians. How are you yes. doing? And then when they make them all smarter... Just like their fists light up, and then like another light appears yep. on Mr. Dingle's head, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, take this, Mr. Dingle!" And as they're just having a casual conversation with the Martian aliens, which already look unbelievably dumb. When you start that episode, you can't imagine anything dumber coming out. Mm-hmm. And then the Venusians come out. Yeah, they're my favorite aliens from all of Twilight. Zone. I will give you the Venusians, and I think that because also the Martians get partial credit because they know the Venusians. That's right. <laughs> so they're cool. Do you think they knew about other planets during the Twilight Zone when it was running? Because they've already had Martians and Venusians from um, Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up. Oh, you want some Jupiter Jupiterians or something? Yeah, something. Because we've already established what well, like Venusians have three eyes. Right. Yeah, and, what is this? And Martians Destiny? have three arms. Right. Yeah, you're totally right. They're not like some weird wheeled cart, two-headed monster thing. Come on, Come Twilight on. Zone. All right, next category, the old classic. Most Serlingy episode. Most Serlingy. So this is kind of an episode that maybe is a little preachy. Mm-hmm. That it has its heart in the right place, absolutely. Right. But it, yeah, again, it just really agonizes over making its point. Yeah. Um, this a lot was, of monologuing. Yeah, a lot of monologuing. Okay. Uh, there's the obvious. I am the night. Color me black. Of course. Purple Testament. Purple Testament. Mm-hmm. Good. I have Probe 7 over and out. Mm-hmm. The weird religious angle. Yep. A quality of mercy. 
Oh boy, I didn't put that down. Yeah. That's a real contender. All right, Quality of Mercy. Mm-hmm. I have No Time Like the Past. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good one. What else you got? The Gift. <laughs> boy, just a punch to the gut. <laughs> with it. Refresh me. What what was thrilling me about the gift? There's always the, um, and again, this, these are I'm not sliding these concepts. Right. Okay, I want to be very clear. <laughs> sure. But it's always about dissecting prejudice uh-huh. and how people's like quick reaction to the other right. is often negative and will have lasting consequences. Yes, you are absolutely correct. Um. I like No Time Like the Past because it has the war theme of mm-hmm. him going to Japan mm-hmm. and understanding that there are human beings over there and trying to stop the bombing and not doing it in time. Right. Uh, so it has the history mm-hmm. war theme then bundled in a neat package with the nostalgia theme, which is also it Sterling's is big com- thing. You are absolutely right. Because how many times has he, you can't go home again, can right. you? <laughs> It's like, what you can go back to that theme right. over and over again, though. It's like him asking that question and then grabbing you by the shoulder and going, can you? Yeah. Can you? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a perfect perfect example. Just, I'm, like, I'm, I'm very excited about that. You're Just, locking that in right now? I'm locking it in. Just because you also have showing empathy for who we think is the enemy. Right. You know, and that, that's why I uh, immediately gravitated toward equality of mercy. Right. Because that was all about putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Right, right. You have that, yeah. You have you have absolutely everything. Yeah, you have an hour to work with, so that, yep. that's a little bit of bonus. But all right, no and time it, like the past. And old timey bikes, I think, are in that too. <laughs> that's right. Congratulations, the most Sterlingy episode. But don't but. feel bad. I am the night color me black. You really, boy, you were you were going for it. Mm-hmm. Lord knows you were going for it. <laughs> you wanted it the yeah. hardest. You got robbed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Moving on to a very specific one. Yes. Most illogical moment. This was tricky. It was tricky because. There's nothing but moments. 156 episodes. How mm-hmm. many moments do you have to choose from there? Right. Okay. Uh, I have the decision of the rich guy to build out a bunker in one more pallbearer <laughs> just to teach these people a lesson. Yeah, like a teacher from seventh grade or whatever. <laughs> right, I'll right. Stick it to It's a lot of effort. Um, this is more of a situation, but I think... Satan falling for the sales pitch and one for the angel made no sense because it was one of the worst sales pitches I've ever heard. That's perfect. All right. I have the Rip Van Winkle caper, thinking the best way to dodge the cops is to freeze yourself for hundreds of years and also assuming that gold will be worth something. Yep. Um, from passage on the Lady Anne mm-hmm. of, of pers- like a travel agent being able to book seats on that, on that, on that ship. Why was it in his files? Even if it's in the back of his cabinet. That's great. I have uh, Freeing Satan in Howling Man. A terrible idea. (laughs) the worst idea. Um, In Sounds and Silences, a grown man listening to sound effect records just just by himself. (laughs) All right. Very illogical. I have the four of us are dying, Mm -hmm. him not taking any other form and going back to that one (laughs) and then coincidentally being killed for it. Yes. And this is only illogical once you, once it kind of plays out, but you realize those guys are such terrible shots. Why didn't the guy in the Jeopardy room just immediately make a run for it? Right. 
Yes. You had nothing to lose. <laughs> right. It turns out, except the episode ending. Yeah. Uh, boy, out of the blue, you can't beat Satan falling for that sales pitch of one for the angels. <laughs> nothing tops it, right? He was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> He's never heard deals this good. He was buying neckties. <laughs> Made out of synthetic silk. What does the devil want with a necktie? <laughs> All right, congratulations. <laughs> One for the angels, Satan falling for the sales pitch for most of the logical moment. <laughs> Boy, second episode of the show, too. All right, this is a real winner. Best glass shatter. Do you mind? I think I have them all. Really? Yeah, do you mind if I just run them down? Okay. I think it'd be more entertaining this way. Let's Let me do know it. if I forgot anything. Okay. Best glass shatter in the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. We have. Perchance to dream, him jumping out the window at the end. The encounter, the bonsai jump out the window in the end. What's in the box? Them falling out of the window in the end. Uh, or the late, well, the wife, I should say. Nightmare at 20,000 feet, busting the glass to shoot out the, the monster. Mm-hmm. The bus driver jumping through the window in Cavender is Coming. <laughs> Carol Burnett falling through the window in Rubasa's office in yep. Cavender is Coming. Person or persons unknown when he's with the therapist or going to the therapist and he just busts through that glass. Uh, Death's head revisited. Uh, the Nazi bust through a window while laughing, a most unusual camera, the two men fighting fall out the window, shattering it, and then a lady trips and goes out that window. <laughs> the fever, we have Mr. Franklin yep. himself falling out of the window, and when the sky was opened, when he goes back into the bar screaming, Harrington, Harrington, <laughs> and he busts through the door. I've got a few other yes! ones. Yes! <laughs> what else you got? Well, Mr. Denton on Doomsday. Uh-huh. He's got that whiskey bottle, okay. and, and the hot shot shoots the sure, bottle, sure. And, he, and he drinks from the shattered bottle. Yes. He's so desperate for right. his hooch. Good glass shatter. Uh, who could forget the this one? Uh, the mirror. When the mirror gets broken. Oh, of course. Totally shattered. Okay, and that's in the mirror, but then the mirror also gets shattered in um, uh, Last Night of a Jockey. That's true. All right. And then the big one. The glass is shattering in time enough at last. Of course. Of course. Gosh, I can't believe we forgot that. And then also in, did you do what's in the bottle? Or uh, Yes, what's in the box? Yeah. No, yep. no, no, no. Man in the bottle. The oh. genie one. Remember? Oh, yeah. The, the little side thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the little hutch. The little what's hutch in the box. gets shattered. Yeah. You're totally right. All right. I am personally rooting for person or persons unknown. I know we don't talk about that episode that mm-hmm. often, but I remember that and I wrote it on my notes. It is the most unnecessary thing imaginable there's a door right there and out of nowhere he just decides to bust through that window <laughs> i like that one a lot okay in a serious episode this serious... isn't like a cavender is coming situation no. the bus driver gets the good that one's pretty moment. great too yeah i like that one a lot but really the glass is shattering in time enough at last oh the most boring one uh, <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point yeah, I remember that really stuck out to me too in the person or persons unknown. Yeah, it's it's the it's most. Really, have you watched it again recently? No, I haven't. Okay, it is the most jarring. Like why? Yeah, because yeah, the door was right behind him. It, I'm looking like thinking back to it, it was just right. right behind him on his right. <laughs> right, it was right there. Okay, yeah, let's give it to that. All right, person or persons unknown. Maybe the only tip of the cap for that whole episode. <laughs> exactly, we'll Congra- never mention it again. But congratulations to best glass shatter. Stiff competition. Yeah, a lot of glass. So much glass. God. All right, uh, here we go. This next episode is a throwback to, I think, the first episode we ever recorded. Yeah. Where you mentioned that Chris Hardwick has a joke Mm -hmm. uh, that the Twilight Zone should be renamed Nice Try Asshole. Yes. 
Yeah, he he made that joke on Comedy Bang Bang. There we go. Fantastic podcast. That's right. So once this one's done, shift over to Comedy Bang Bang. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So the Nice Try Asshole Award. Mm -hmm. So basically, the premise is that at the end of every episode, Rod Serling could just come out and say, nice try, asshole. Right. Right. Which... I mean, just to destroy his comedy does not hold true for a lot, but there's certain ones where yes. it does really yeah. stand out. I would say The Grave. The Grave. Because he tried to stab it. Okay, sure. Yep. Uh, I have Last Night of a Jockey. Mm-hmm. The Shelter. <laughs> he tried to keep his family safe, and everyone was so jealous. Uh-huh. All right. Like, nice try, asshole. Uh, piano in the House. Piano in the House. <laughs> it's a real strong yep. contender. Four o'clock. Of course, four o'clock. Uh, Mr. Ripple. Yeah. Um, how about everybody in the masks? It's like a four-way Oh, shot. oh, wow. The shotgun <laughs> blast. Be nice try, assholes. You're right. You're right. Uh, four of us are dying. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's just a suave son of a gun. Nothing can go wrong with his yep. mobility. Uh, do you have any more? Nope. Okay. I have the man <laughs> who killed the people in the present in the execution in season one. And then was teleported back in time and hung in that noose. Oh, which is a deep cut. Uh, I have escape clause. Mm-hmm. Uh, him murdering his wife, and then he gets stuck in the prison forever yep. with immortality mm-hmm. and invincibility. Uh, and then I have Mr. Denton on Doomsday. Yeah, the day of him taking that potion. They're like, God. oh no. Now that I think about it, the Rip Van Winkle caper has a really good one too. That's true. He's got all the gold. Yep. Yep. And water is the most valuable thing or whatever. And That's the guy's right. in the space car. Yeah, something. yeah. Uh, I think these are all good. Yeah. I think it's really tough to beat just how this guy was sticking it to the others. And then it really got stuck to him and he just became the biggest baby. It's tough to beat piano in the house. <laughs> yeah. For the biggest asshole that really gets his He really was awful. He was really mean to that one lady. <laughs> right. And then he turned into a big baby. Right. Better than four o'clock? Man, four o'clock is a really good one. That's all that episode is. It really is. All that is is nice. (laughs) It's like the tone of the award sums up. Reading. I can imagine it's certainly just coming out and saying, (laughs) eh, nice try, asshole. And then that's that. I really like four o'clock for this one. Done. Four (laughs) o'clock. Sealed the deal. All right. All right. This one's going to be short and sweet, I think. This is Worst Songs. Worst songs. Obviously, from Come Wander With Me. Not Come Wander With Me, because that's a fantastic Court song. Well, not stop singing it. I would say uh, the Rockabilly Kid's frantic rendition of his hit, Honey Tree. Which goes a little something like this. Honey Tree, my honey tree, honey tree. You know that one. <laughs> I also have that. Uh, I have Jess Bell, uh, the Billy Ben song. Which oh, just yes. sounds like old 50s movies. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And it just narrates the entire episode. Right. It just doesn't stop. Oh boy, it stands out so much. I know. And you would you could say occurrence at Owl Creek, but you can't, the natural man or because we don't we're not mentioning that episode. God. But Living Man Living Man, I think that's I, what it is. I think I learned to like that song after time too. <laughs> it really grew on me. I'm sorry, Living Man. Living Man. But, I, I think Jess Bell. Is really bad. Oh, I also had whatever was coming out of that guy's radio in static. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't, for how jarring it is, you can't beat Jess Bell. Nope. And the Ballad of Billy Ben. The Ballad of Billy Ben. There we go, Jess Bell. <laughs> yep. Take your treat. 
All right. Next up, worst partner. I like this category. I like this one too because when we first started, we had like worst wife. Yeah. And at that, like when we first started too, it didn't seem like it was there was really an analog because mm-hmm. it seems like the writers of the Twilight Zone, at least in the very beginning, had it out for women in a yeah. really like super weird way. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, but we've we've opened it up to worst partner because as as we've seen more episodes, it can encompass a number of. Terrible relationships. Yes. I have uh, the protagonist for 16 millimeter Shrine encountering mm-hmm. her old lover and yes. then just calling him old. Yes. That was really mean. Um, this is kind of a double header because mm-hmm. it's the same guy. Caesar and Caesar and me. Yeah. And Willie and the dummy. Because it's the same prop. Right. Right. Technically. Right. And he's a terrible partner in both instances. That's true. Very manipulative. That's true. I have uh, the protagonist for the lonely. First, he's a huge dickhead to that robot girl, mm-hmm. and then he lets her get her face shot off. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. All right. Um, the wife in Time Enough at Last. Oh, my God. She is so mean to that guy. Remember, he has that book of poetry. He's yeah. all excited about reading him, and she's like X'd out every single page. To be fair, he's a total dweeb, and he had it coming. She knew what she was marrying into. Uh. I have Walter Jameson. Mm-hmm. He's not a horrible partner for one person. He's been a horrible partner for hundreds of women, dozens yeah. of women, you as know. he eventually abandons them. Yeah. How about the wife in a short drink from a certain fountain? Yep. She's pretty terrible. Yep, totally right. Uh, the protagonist for The Chaser, the mm. man who completely ruins this woman's, this beautiful lady's mind yep. so that she falls in love with him, and then tries to kill her. While she's pregnant with his baby. <laughs> How about the husband and what's in the box? Hus- All right. The cab driver. Yep, that's true. That's true. Uh, he's really cheating on his lady. Uh, and also the whole haymaker through a window. Oh, yeah, there's all that thing. Uh, I have the idiot brother in a most unusual camera. As far as a partner goes, mm-hmm. the partner in crime who comes in halfway through the episode like, hey, what's going on in here? <laughs> and then he does not understand when they're trying to explain to him what they're going to use the camera for, at, like at the horse track to yes. get a lot of money. He just can't comprehend it and he just wants to use it for the dumbest reasons. Mm-hmm. Partner in crime. Yep. I'm out of partners. I have Corey from I Shot an Arrow into the Air. The worst co-pilot you could imagine immediately kills everybody for their water. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that guy was a jerk. And then I have, uh, for the lover angle, I have the fugitive, Ben the alien, mm-hmm. for being a partner and essentially marrying that eight-year-old girl mm-hmm. and bringing her back. Even though he was really a young prince from an alien land, it's still super creepy. Yeah. And he's a pretty bad partner because yeah. of it. Yeah. I'm really partial to the wife and time enough at last. Done. I was leaning that way, too. Just... It was so unnecessarily cruel. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Congratulations, wife, from time enough at last. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're still alive. All right. Okay. This is my favorite. This <laughs> Is this is, your favorite? This might be my favorite category. Yes. Okay. I will say this is my favorite category. And it's okay. a new one mm-hmm. for the Mega Franklins. This category is dumbest thing. <laughs> All right. It's it's a wide category, and it's a long one for me. Okay. How, do you have a lot, too? I have a fair amount. Okay. Go for it. I would say the robot in Brain Center at Whipples uh-huh. that swings its keychain at the end <laughs> <laughs> when it replaces and tries to hang up the phone. 
tries. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, great. I have this is just an editing thing, but mm-hmm. I have that weird jarring sequence in a kind of stopwatch when he can pause time and suddenly mm-hmm. cuts to like stock footage of a horse and stuck footage of a race car. <laughs> like, and then just like pausing yeah. all this different stock footage. Bling. Yeah. It's like, hey, remember this? Yeah. What if we pause this video? Oh. Yeah. Um, society and the obsolete man. Okay. Uh, let's combine it because I have the mob from the obsolete man. Yes. That's exactly the, the, obsolete. Uh, I just watched that again. Charge. Yeah. They just have this increasing tone and then they storm him and then just like grab him like they're zombies. Mm-hmm. It's the strangest thing. Yeah. All right, uh, I have the Venusians from Mr. Dingle the Strong. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Now, this one, I know that you hate this episode. Yeah. I didn't necessarily need the logic to work out like you did, but the piano and a piano for the house is really dumb. When you think okay, about it. yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, let's see, I have the whole truth car going to Khrushchev at the end. <laughs> that's pretty dumb. <laughs> How about the shoes and dead man's shoes? Just the like, concept what was their of the angle? <laughs> Keep on walking, man. I have just Uncle Simon. Which Uncle is, Simon. He's basically Brain Center at Whipples. Yes, it's exactly Brain Center at Whipples. Uh, this one pains me. Franklin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I have specifically Franklin busting through that door. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's on the four little legs yeah. with wheels on him. He's good. Uh, I have... Okay, this is specific. The lore in Jess Bell that in order to kill a witch, you have to stab a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the lore. Yep. That is the dumbest thing. <laughs> this one, just even, I'll think back on this and it just makes me like laugh really hard because yeah. it is visually the dumbest thing because it's built up so much like I'm doing now. The tiny little staff that's used to keep, <laughs> to keep the the devil at bay in the Howling Man. It's yeah. like smaller than a pencil that yes. you get when you go miniature golfing. Well, how else would you lock in Satan? I don't this is tiny little shepherd's crook. You're right. Uh, I have the teacher also being a telepath in mute. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm also telepathic. It's not important. Let's move on. <laughs> Are you out? I'm out. Okay, here we go. I have... Uh, I have... The the guide laughing at the end of Nice Place to Visit. He goes, it's the other place. Laughs in control of me. I have the running guy in Mirror Image. Oh, the one who looks back and he's got that weird expression on his face. Yep. I have the blinking guy from Elegy. <laughs> the guy in, the, <laughs> in the, the building that cannot stop blinking. Are you supposed to be frozen? Uh, I have I'm Hitler. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, I have Jeff Myrtlebank becoming a senator. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Boy, who wins? <laughs> I I'm thinking of God that robot swinging the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so funny to me. I'm thinking of the thing that made me react. Like I'm watching these episodes by myself. The mm-hmm. thing that made me go, What? <laughs> the loudest. And believe it or not, it was I'm Hitler. I'm Hitler. It really made me laugh. Okay. Just remember, uh-huh. his first words were, I'm Hitler, as he looked at a camera. <laughs> Just stunningly stupid. It's really stupid. Are you leaning towards anything here? 
I, I know we will never reach agreement here, but man, that tiny staff. Oh, look. <laughs> it's so small. It's it's gross to think about something that small moving like that. It weirds me out. Where do you even buy a tiny <laughs> shepherd's staff? I also had just the idea of Satan howling in the distance in the howling yeah. man. That was confusing. Um, boy, boy. I think the the fact that both of us have the robot... Whether or not he was, he was Uncle Simon to some, right? He was Mister Whipple. <laughs> I are we just because we already gave them an award overlooking the Venusians, or the alien or the Martians? Franklin going through the door is pretty intense. I mean, that it's had a slot machine. <laughs> He's got wheels and he talks. <laughs> you know what? This is. This is the is end this of the his road. Day to shine. I think it's his day to shine. You did it, Franklin. <laughs> our little Franklin, our little mega Franklin. Now the best part. Of this is like he's got to hate this. It's got to be like when people call him Frankenstein, right? And he's like, no, that's the guy who made me. Yes, I'm not Frankenstein. Well, you got to go with it. All right, there we go, Franklin. Good job, the, little buddy. You're the dumbest thing in all you're of the, the dumbest thing. Zone. A lot of dumb things. A lot of dumb things. All right, now the other flip side. The coolest thing. I thought the printer, like the the press in Printer's Devil, yeah. was pretty cool. The idea of it telling the future like that? It just to see the thing work. Mm-hmm. Burgess Meredith did a fine job. You're right. You're right. Uh, this is a late edition because I think mm-hmm. it's just too much in the front of my mind. But when the sky was open, the idea of them being tugged mm-hmm. from the inside from the supernatural force yeah. is unbelievably cool. I like the stopwatch from a kind of stopwatch a lot. Just That's a cool time. thing. Uh, we, fact, I wouldn't bust up people's hair and take like a sip of their beer if I could pause time. <laughs> what would you do? Well, first thing I would do is I would hook the strap up around my wrist so okay. I wouldn't drop it. Perfect. There we go. Uh, I have the idea that the ghost or the dead person was whispering in night call, mm. not talking, but doing that super quiet whisper. Yeah. How about when Anthony made that weird animal dog thing? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That also, was pretty cool. What about creepy. just Anthony making the dinosaur show? Also the dinosaur cool. show was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I have the end of the bard when all of the historical characters walked in. I really thought that was cool. <laughs> how about in the gift, the book that told them how to cure disease and stuff? That was pretty cool if they hadn't burned it. <laughs> sure. Cool. Uh I have the parallel, the wife knowing that he's different, that he's a different version mm. of himself by kissing him. Yeah, and the daughter just instantly. Knowing. Yeah, yeah, but it took the wife for them to be romantic, for her to be like, something's oh. up. I thought that was a cool idea. This is kind of as much a squandered opportunity as it is a cool thing, but the car and you drive, think of the cool relationship they could have had <laughs> if he just not hit that kid. Yep, you're right. So it's a cool thing, that car. Uh-huh. I have the show within the show structure of what's in the box. The idea of them literally playing the Twilight Zone within Twilight Zone. I think mm-hmm. it's a very cool thing. So you must have really liked it when Rod Serling appeared. As, in as that, himself? Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, a World of His Own? Is that the name of the episode? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, I have Recycling the Parents in Number 12 Looks Just Like You. The mm. idea of like it's her parents, the only person she's ever known, and they're just everywhere. They could be antagonists. They're inconsequential bodies being wheeled by... She's just surrounded by this idea of her dead dad. That's cool to me. Yeah. 
Are you done? Should I keep going? Keep going. All right. I have uh, the whole intro sequence for Black Leather Jackets. Mm, Pretty cool thing. That's real cool. I have Midnight Sun, it getting so hot that the paint melts off of all the paintings. Mm -hmm. I have the idea (laughs) that the portal moved in Little Girl Lost. Oh, okay. You know, like it was slowly shifting across kind of sort of the house. Like it wasn't really the floor, but the city of like, oh, now it's in the living room somewhere. We need to find the edges of it. That's really cool to me. And then I have Shadow Play, the idea of everybody being recast with every different dream that he's having. Oh, yeah. Like the people from his real life just taking different roles. Yeah. Time and time again. Yeah. This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. There's a lot to work with here. Mm -hmm. Man, I think the thing that struck me as the coolest thing in all of the Twilight Zone might have been the shadow play. Recasting of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I have not thought about shadow play since we last spoke about shadow play but well, that's a really we, cool thing we had that recap episode and i mean i remember talking for a while when we first watched that episode how much we were struck by that idea yeah it seemed so bold for the twilight zone yeah i like that you're gonna go with it let's go with it all right shadow play you did it coolest thing you're the <laughs> your central conceit is the coolest thing <laughs> all right uh now we have best character yeah we do have best character and this isn't best actor, and this isn't... We separated it out. It used to be most likable person, mm-hmm. least likable person, but we wanted to change it up for the, a, for the like end a, of the road. a big scoundrel could win. Right, right. Yeah, just most interesting character yes. in the Twilight Zone. All right. How about Robert Duvall in Miniature? I have Robert Duvall in the Miniature. I also have a bunch of people that I don't really care about. Yeah, like the, the son-in-law or the... No, no, no. I'm talking, I'm talking about every other person on this list oh like no one's gonna beat robert duvall in the miniature is my point okay well would you want to just go through the motions then I, yeah sure i have i have jesse james and showdown with rance mcgrew okay i right. have the old man in the trade-ins which is my number two uh-huh uh and then i have check em for wings guy from real martian yeah how about the like the the interpreter of the old man in the cave in that episode i like that character he was like huh the one who interacted with the old man in the cave Okay. He's a really decent dude. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, Frisbee and Hocus Pocus and Frisbee. Okay. I yeah. thought he was cool. Yeah. And I'm surprised you like I love miniature. I think it's a fantastic episode. Uh-huh. But Anthony in It's a Good Life for me. <laughs> yeah. Is the best character. Is the idea of him better than the actual presentation of him? No. <laughs> All right. Also, just to throw it in, uh, yeah. it made me think of it. Uh, I really like the main character in Thursday Relief for Home. I thought he was an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Even if he got a little exaggerated by the end. Um, okay, so for you, it's between Miniature and Anthony. Yeah. His name is Charlie, by the way, in the Miniature episode. Charlie, okay. Charlie or Anthony? Charlie or Anthony, which one's it going to be? And those are your top two. Those uh, are my top two. I want to remind you about the old man and the trade-ins. And that whole sequence where he's trying to win the money yeah. so his wife can age with him, de-age, I should say. And as he's playing the poker game, he's dying, literally, mm-hmm. like, at the table, like, he cannot even concentrate anymore. That was a great scene. Also, that actor's wife had just died when he was doing that performance. Makes it stand out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Anthony had the dinosaur show, which you mentioned. Yeah. He made it snow. He sent the guy into the cornfield yeah. as a jack-in-the-box. Yeah. 
He's a terrifying okay. kid. All right. All right. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling. Yeah. And I don't know this is I don't know if this is how you do these things, but this is the way I want to do it. Okay. Look, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. The miniature is an amazing episode. Yes. We're it's not gonna win best episode of Twilight Zone. Okay. <laughs> There's a real contender for some other episodes. Okay. I think this is the way you tip the cap to the miniature. Okay. Are you with me? Let's tip our tiny caps. There we go. Charlie in Miniature, best character, Twilight Zone. Anthony, you suck. <laughs> Don't say that, you idiot. <laughs> All right. Here's a real good episode. <laughs> Worst character. Worst character. That not just like crappiest, or not like, you know, most morally mm-hmm. robbed character. That could be in it too, though. Sure. I Yes, I'm with you. Mr. Beavis. Okay. All right. I'm going to go for your jugular and go with Horace Ford. Woof, I got that too. Okay. Um... Mickey Rooney in the Last Night of the Jockey shirt. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I have Mr. Feathersmith from Of Late, I Think of Cliffordville. Mm-hmm. Dennis Hopper and He's Alive. Disagree. I think, a, he's, I think he's a great character. He's a huge crybaby. Yeah, but I think he's an interesting character. And that's what I'm going off of. I disagree. Okay. You got anything else? Oh, yeah. Okay, go for it. Uh, the husband in the new exhibit. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's a really awful person. He like forces his wife to have all the like buy an air conditioner they can't afford, right? So that he can have all these wax figurines in, mm-hmm. his, in the basement. With you, she can't do the laundry. I have the one that I'm really gonna push for mm-hmm. up my sleeve right here, mm-hmm. and it is Mr. Moomer from the Bard, the protagonist. He's really lame. He's, I've got one more. All right, please. And this touches on something you you kind of talked about earlier, and I didn't mm-hmm. jump on the bandwagon because I really wanted to call it out. Old Ben in The Fugitive <laughs> is... I don't think he stood out at that When they much. showed the picture, uh-huh. and Rod Serling, he mentions that later, when she's old enough, she becomes his queen. So it was clear that at that time, it was not appropriate for her to be mm-hmm. in it like a... Right. Yeah. You're right. It's You're disgusting. Right. You're totally right. And, like, the fact that he insinuated himself into her life under uh-huh. those false pretenses yep. is super creepy. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, there is not... And, okay, the reason I really want Mr. Moomer mm-hmm. is because he's not just a dislikable character. They were trying to make him likable and entertaining. Yeah. And he was just unbelievable, unbelievably obnoxious. I would argue more obnoxious than Horace Ford with all that crap Oof. where he's like, don't you dig? I'm conjuring, baby. I'm conjuring. <laughs> He was insufferable. Yeah, he was pretty bad. Also, you, you say even worse than Horace Ford? I think he bothered me more than Horace Ford. Interesting. Yeah. I know Horace Ford was just like nails on a chalkboard for you. Yeah. All right. Do you have a you have a number one? No, I go with I could go I got three. I'd go with the Horace Ford. Mm-hmm. I could I could see yours mm-hmm. and also old Ben. I, I'm really not old Ben. Really? Yes. How come? Because he uh, turned into that weird alien and that... Yeah, he was pervy, but like I, I thought he was, a, he was just a likable old guy. I mean, as far as like the character goes, like he wasn't mm-hmm. that egregious as far he as... He took a little girl because she had a crappy situation I, from yeah, her aunt to I'm another ta- planet. I'm not talking about the morality of the character. I'm talking about the representation of this character uh-huh. in The Twilight Zone. The character that they wrote and what they put on screen trying to entertain people. Mm-hmm. I think the protagonist in the Bard is a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Horace Ford 
Yeah, I really did not like the bard. Are you cool with Horace. Mr. Moomer? Ah, yeah. Oh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I kind of. Chorus Ford was really rough, though. Refresh my memory. Remember, he was the guy who just threw a, a colossal fit because oh, the, yeah. he, he was a toy designer and he had that robot. Were we supposed to be sympathetic towards him? Yeah, I think to a degree. Uh huh. Because I, remember, I think, he had a crappy childhood that he was idealizing. Right, right. I think that's the that's the crux of it for me is whether or not we're supposed to be supposed to be sympathetic towards Horace Ford. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's no one else to really be sympathetic yeah. toward, like his lady. Yeah. I'll go with Horace Ford. Yeah? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. All, All right. right. I feel good. Horace Ford. Here All we right. go. Worst character of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> uh, next category, most surprising. Now, I want you to introduce this one because I'm, I'm still, I have to admit. Yeah. This is a, a, a twist. This is, while we're trying to be slightly more objective for the other categories, this is the episode that we didn't expect to have the impact on it, on us that it did. Mm-hmm. So coming into the Twilight Zone, we both knew it vaguely well. Yeah, this is the episode that really stood out. Like, oh, I had no idea that the Twilight Zone was this. Mm-hmm. The Twilight Zone could contain something like this. Yeah. Um. Well, for me, yeah. Like, what was most surprising, and like, it wasn't the episode itself, but the fact that it remained so powerful was Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. Oh, okay. Having like a complete understanding of what was going to happen, right? That, like the way that it was paced, and just everything about like. Yeah, the, like the little tantalizing, like you said, peekaboo kind of aspect of right. it was. Uh, yeah, I was really surprised at how effective it was. Yeah, I have the jungle. The jungle for being an episode I've never heard of, and I was like, oh, that was just a really fun, solid episode that ends with his wife getting eaten by a lion. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Uh, and we mentioned this one a lot, but when the sky was opened, yep, I think it's absolutely one of the most surprising because no one talks about that episode ever. It's insane. Uh, I have a world of difference. Mm-hmm. I just really like the idea of somebody calling on your life and your mind just cannot handle it. Yeah. I was really surprised with Night of the Meek and how absolutely <sighs> terrible that was. And okay. like you could see like the kernel and like of, of an idea and everyone had their hearts in the right place. Uh-huh. Awful. Okay. You're not wrong. Uh, I have The Silence mm-hmm. as being another unbelievably yep. solid episode that yeah. was really entertaining coming out, coming out of the blue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I also have miniature, just mm-hmm. to just to nod at that episode again. Yeah, I agree with that pick too. I I to say like, for this I'm kind of torn between Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet and also in When the Sky Was Open. I'm hundred percent in the camp of When the Sky Was Open. Let's do it. Lock it in. Most surprising thing episode thingy. Yep. Oh, Twilight Highlight or the entire Twilight Zone. All right, we're getting down to the home stretch here, everybody. We Buckle up. This is getting us ready. All right, this is the big show. The most aggressively mediocre episode. Contentious. Always contentious. We argue more about this than we do Mm -hmm. the best and worst episodes. Yep. I have a lot. I've got five. Boy, I have more than five. That's fine. You start then. Okay. All right. I have Young Man's Fancy. Young Man's Fancy. 100 yards over the rim. I also have that. That's great. I'm going to put a star next to that one. All right. I'll probably lean more towards the ones that you also bring up. Yeah. I love that we both, out of 156 episodes, yeah. we both choose that one. Uh, I have The Mirror. The Mirror. Nightmare is a Child. Great. Great one. Uh, I have King Nine Will Not Return. Probe Seven, Over and Out. Okay. I have The Mind and the Matter. Mm. <laughs> Let that lukewarm vibe yeah. just wash over you. Changing of the Guard. 
Okay. I have a penny for your thoughts. Mm -hmm. The Purple Testament. Good old Purple Testament. Yep, I also have that one. Winner of season one, most aggressively mediocre. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to scratch that one. Scratch that one. I have, for my last, The Mighty Casey. <laughs> What's the more aggressively Casey. mediocre than The Mighty Casey? Yeah. <laughs> Have you thought about that since? I kind of like the Mighty Casey in a way, just because it is it's pleasant, <laughs> but that it's just gone. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone ever saying that that was their favorite episode. Like you've got to see the Mighty Casey. Yeah, I'm. I'm between a Mighty, the Mighty Casey, Mind of the Matter, and Penny for Your Thoughts. I kind of like Penny for Your Thoughts because at least I, it's somewhat interesting but the reading of the, the mighty and that. yeah the mighty casey is just if he had a robot <laughs> right <laughs> if we had a robot <laughs> yeah that's gold cork write it um why are you are yeah you in love with it i like that a lot for just an aggressive <laughs> media episode and it's interesting that i don't think we chose it because i think it's season one yeah it is we didn't choose it for most aggressively mediocre, but there's something about having the full context of all of the Twilight Zone yeah. and looking over all of it. Just in the past, you know, yeah. And the mighty Casey. <laughs> yep. All right. A surprise win for <laughs> the mighty Casey for most aggressively mediocre episode of the Twilight Zone. Wow. All right. I still... All right. Mind of the matter. Oof. Yeah, I think it's... It is neutral to the touch. <laughs> <laughs> neutral to the touch all right uh this next category is the worst episode worst episode of all of twilight zone have you mentioned that what we're doing that we're giving out categories and winners yeah oh wow okay um i have the obligatory last night of a jockey yep 16 millimeter shrine correct um correct. i have i have piano in the house okay perchance to dream oh screw you man i like perchance to dream yeah and I know you like piano in the house. Let's just neutralize those two. Okay. Let's just cut those out. All right. I have uh, Incredible World of, World of Horace Ford. Yes. Night of the Meek. <laughs> Night of the Meek. Uh, I have I Dream of Genie. Mm-hmm. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. I have The Big Tall Wish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have any more? No. I'm... I'm I feel you have more? No, but I'm leaning towards one, and I don't think it's one that you expect. What is it? I'm leaning towards that dream of genie. Really? I think in that hour-long format, it was the most... I know we talked about it a million times, but the idea of having that genie episode mm -hmm. structured in a way so that he doesn't actually have to carry through with the wishes. He's just thinking He's about thinking, it. It's an episode, an hour-long episode about somebody thinking about three very boring renditions of what he could do with that wish yeah it was really bad i was the most bored during that episode than watching any other episode of twilight zone god for me four o'clock is just so terrible because it's a guy walking around rubbing his hands together yeah with this weird plot that at four o'clock all the bad people are gonna <laughs> are gonna be tiny and he's talking right. to his bird about it the whole time and that's and, your number one and then at the end he's standing next to a prop giant pencil <laughs> <laughs> to show that he's the one who shrunk 
That's my number one. This, it's like it's the worst episode. It's an episode that if someone was like, "Oh, Twilight Zone, are you watching?" Yeah, we're you know just started. You can see the twi- the the theme song uh-huh. right now. Cool. I I like this show a lot. You should watch it with me. All right. And then if it was this episode, and the guy's like, "Nope." We can't change the channel. We have to watch this whole thing. I would be completely embarrassed <laughs> about liking this show at the end of, the, of four o'clock because it'd just be like, really? Twilight? I never. Huh. But it's it's funny in retrospect how stupid it is, right? Isn't that something? Is that worth anything? I don't. I don't know that it's even really funny. It just comes across. <laughs> I'm laughing as, at you describing it. Just it just comes across as really weird. You know, and I like I like stuff that's weird, but yeah, weird and like a okay, like is, he's, he's got these supernatural powers. All right, done. Four o'clock, <laughs> done. You got me. All right, congratulations. The worst episode. Avoid at all costs. <laughs> but now at this point, maybe you should watch it. Hey, if you got a friend who's never seen it, yeah, exactly. Come so, on hey, over. We can't change the channel. We have to watch this. All right, this is the best episode. Oh my god, this is going to be all tough. of the Twilight Zone. There's a lot of good episodes. Yeah, I have it down to uh, four. What are you at? Six. You start. The After Hours. Interesting. Okay. I want to remind you that you're the guy that gave like uh, the fever a 10 out of 10 and crap like that. So I don't know what you're going to whip out for this. We'll see. All right. Uh, good. I have uh, Miniature. Miniature, of course. Yep. It's a Good Life. Of course, I have It's a Good Life. Um, I have When the Sky Was Opened. Of course. The Dummy. It's one of the best. <laughs> you are an insane person, <laughs> and I should walk out of this room right now. The Dummy. The Dummy. The Dummy. If I was hosting this podcast with any other person, The Dummy probably would have been in my most aggressively mediocre camp. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You don't like goofy goggles? Hate the goofy goggles. <laughs> uh, I have Walking Distance. Walking Distance is good. Time enough at last. Huh. Okay. Is that your last? Yes. Interesting you went with time enough over 20,000 feet for the iconic episodes. Because it seemed mm-hmm. like you were more passionate about 20,000 feet. Maybe just because it's more recent? Could be. Okay. Um, What are the real contenders here? <laughs> for me, It's a Good Life, mm-hmm. Miniature, uh, and When the Sky Was Opened, probably. Yep. I'm also coming down to those three... Uh, and if I had to boil it down further, I would regrettably cut miniature mm-hmm. and get down to when the sky was open and it's a good life. Yes. This is the debate I was expecting. Yeah. To have. This is a tough one because I think that while in when the sky was open, was it very surprising? Mm-hmm. So surprising. I might've won an award for that earlier. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. surprising episode. I think it's a good life is just really good. <laughs> you it's, know, it's a good episode. Uh, yeah, he ripped out the cords of his Aunt Amy because she sang. Yeah. They all clap after they watch that dumb dinosaur the guy fight gets on drunk TV. And so quickly. And weird. So quickly. The it's, one lady's going to hit him over the head with something, but then she doesn't. And I, I, I've seen It's a Good Life three times yeah. at this point, and I took the note while I was watching it that it just it really gets better every time. Every time you yeah. watch it. That said... I wanted to second guess myself and I went back and watched when the sky was opened again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that episode holds up. It's not just, we were getting out of the gate and yeah. we had rookie goggles on rookie goofy goggles, <laughs> but that episode is amazing. Even like 
the bizarre structure of it. Like it starts in a way where Sterling starts giving the introduction and then the main character runs in in the hospital. It's like a in media res thing. Like it starts mm-hmm. in the middle of the story, remember? And he is just panicked and freaking out asking all these questions and then Sterling comes in and closes his narration. It's mm-hmm. like the structure I don't think they really do too often if no. ever again. Um, but it is the best structure for a mystery of what the hell is going on. And I love they're in the bar and they're hitting on that lady talking about how they're astronauts. Like, yeah, we've been up in space. No big deal. And then that guy just gets really quiet mm-hmm. and talks about something gnawing at him and explaining that something made a mistake. And then the first thing he wants to do is go call his parents. Yeah, and he goes to the phone booth. Yeah. And then they say they don't know who he is. And then he just disappears. Right? But then the second guy, since he knows what's going on, when he feels that feeling, oh, I'm going to get goosebumps. He freaks out. And he starts screaming, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. And then runs out the hospital door. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's it. That's the last time you see him. Is him just screaming about how he knows exactly what's going to happen. He doesn't want it to happen. And then he's gone. And then like the guy runs out the door like, oh, nurse, where'd he go? And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It is just It's a really incredible episode. Coolest thing. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> you get this kid... Who's just made all – and the fact that there's such restraint, I think, in the episode where they don't try to do really bad special effects of – like They have the shadow of the jack-in-the-box. Shadow of the jack-in-the-box, the whatever creature that he's created so he can right. watch it. You don't see what it is. You just see his reaction and everyone mm-hmm. else's reaction. is. And part of it too with It's a Good Life is just the scope of it, the idea that it's literally a story about the entire world being gone mm-hmm. or the entire world just boiled down to this one town. Yeah. Like – he has wiped out maybe all of existence except for this one town. Exactly. It's not just, oh, here's the isolated incident with some wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. It is the biggest story and the most intimate story that just takes place in that dumb living room. Yeah, exactly. And it's such a simple premise. Like, oh, this kid can do anything. The end. Yeah. But just how terrifying that concept can be. Yeah, if you spent any time with like a little kid, mm-hmm. they're just one impulse to the next and to think about how scary it would be if they really could just do whatever they wanted. Right. I really like It's a Good Life. You think it's a slam dunk? I really like It's a Good Life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with It's a Good Life. Yeah? I can I can get on board that train. All right. Yeah. As, I mean, when we watched it, I remember we could go back and rewind the tape and get my reaction because the first thing you said when we were running it down in that episode a while back is you just said, It's a Good Life is the best episode of the Twilight. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. Because I gave it a 9, but there's plenty of other episodes I gave a 9. Uh, you never gave a 10. Nope. Are I, you one of those guys who prides himself on that? Yeah. You just very, don't like to give it up? Yeah, very conservative in that way. You know, I don't like to laugh a lot. No. Have any sort of facial expressions. No. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I regret not giving a 10 to, to some episodes. The whole scoring system has been broken. And speaking of scores, we should uh, give a special tip of the cap. More tipping of caps. A lot caps. of caps are being tipped. Oh, gosh. Today. I just have to throw them away after I tip <laughs> one. But uh, super fan Ryan uh, sent us an email a while ago. I think we probably talked about it. That's just an Excel spreadsheet of all of our stats for all of the seasons. Like he kept track of every score we gave and every Franklin's and who won every category, yada, yada, yada. So special shout out to Ryan. And he has the averages for all of the seasons. Yes. And... I will show it to you right now. Show you through words. Oh, look. All right. That's interesting. So, well, that's, I'm surprised by that number, Ben. You're such a jokester. All right. So, season one, my average score was yeah. 6.8. Uh huh. 
yours was 6.6. Season two. Yes. My average score was 6.1. Yeah. Yours was 6.3. Average score, season three, 5.9. Yours, 6.1. Uh-huh. Average score, season four, for me, was 5.7. Yeah. Yours was 6.0. By far the lowest. Uh, Final season... I thought this should be higher, but for me, my average score is 5.8. Yours was 5.9. So, overall series, mm-hmm. who do you think gave higher scores? Mm, I did. Average score for me for all of Twilight Zone yes. was 6.09. Okay. And for you, it was 6.21. Yeah. You were more generous after all. So ultimately, we don't like the Twilight Zone very much, do we? Like, if I had to objectively rate the show, I'd give it like a six out of ten. Yeah, that's such. <laughs> but yeah, we're, I'm sure we'd both argue like, oh yeah, one of the greatest shows of all time, no doubt. But yeah. going through, crunching the numbers, turns out we'd give it about a six out of ten, which is really mind-numbing to think about. Okay, and just for more number crunching, the lowest rated block of episodes that I had. For me, it was season four, the episode that had the new exhibit mm-hmm. of late, I think, of Cliffordville Yep, and the incredible world of Horace Ford. That was a low block. But since it's only three, I don't know if I really want to give it to it. So second to that for me is the block season two, which averaged a 4.8 that I gave I the Beholder, Nick of Time, Lateness of the Hour, Trouble with Templeton, and Most Unusual Camera. It seems like a lot of classics in there, but I gave it an average 4.8. Wow. All right. And for you, that episode or that block episode with a lady, I think, of Clifferville, Gravel World of Horse Forward, new exhibit, you also averaged a four. Uh, and then second for you was the block starting out season three with two, the arrival, the shelter, the passersby. God, we never shut up about the passersby <laughs> and a game of pool. That was your second lowest block. Oof. Yeah, you didn't like that one much at all. But again, thank you to Ryan for creating the yeah, that most... Yeah, a lot of work. So nerdy and so satisfying to have that all mapped out because that's the entire point of doing the show. Yeah. All right, well, that's it, man. It's a good life. Best episode of The Twilight Zone. It really is. It really, really <laughs> is. We prob- we're not doing this because we're being forced. No. Hey, Anthony. No, no. What do we do now? We have a few things up our sleeves. Yeah. Now, what kind of intervals do you want to release those few things? Hmm. At our own pace. Is there any chance that we never post another podcast again? Zero chance. Okay, at some point we're, we're going to get back to it. Yes. So don't unsubscribe to us if you're listening through iTunes. I don't no. know how many people are, are listening that way. I would imagine some. Tweet at me if you are listening through iTunes. I'd love to know. Yeah. And um, how do they know you're... Twitter. Oh, know. it's at Yozetti, Y-O-Z-E-T-T-Y. Mm-hmm. I assume everybody just knows. Yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> ben Hansen, the, the, the most people that, like, most feedback we get is from, like, the Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, thanks for sticking with us on this super Absolutely. long ride. I'm sorry this episode took so long to post. We had lives and we got sick. Yeah, mainly we were just a little bit lazy. Because this, this was super scary. Yeah. At least to me. I know it wasn't to you. It was like the ski mask in the after hours. That's right. But that's it. Now we just get to have some fun bonus episodes that I'm Mm -hmm. really looking forward to. And we'll be releasing them for sure within the next couple months. Yes. We'll start trickling those out. So don't unsubscribe. 
Uh, let us know what you thought of our final category list and whatnot. Uh, and other than that, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and we'll be in touch real soon. Yeah. Twilight Highlight. I like that. Hey guys, <laughs> the last episode with nothing but wacky voices. Oh dear. Hey, I'm from the 40s. That's just then.